Hello, everyone. This is Brad Boyson talking to you from Dubai. This is the podcast for HR Learn In, and I am joined by my co-founder and co-host, Fahad Kalaf. Hello, Fahad. How are you? Good, good. Very well. How are you today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I think we have a, a great topic today that's often discussed in the field of HR and coaching and mentoring that a lot of people I know in my past have asked me questions about, and it's certainly an evolving topic, and that's employee engagement. Exactly. So, I love this topic. So, I would love to have a I know. debate with a lot of people with that. It's, it's, it's one of the core pillars of, of HR coaching, and it goes back, if you look in sort of the, 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 the theories of work that surround motivation and leadership. So it brings a lot of things together. And uh, we in this region have had uh, a focus on, uh, although it's not as high priority as it was, say, a couple of years ago, if you remember sort of the happiness movement, right, Fahad? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, that will continue. And there's people in our region who have, you know, job titles like chief, chief happiness officer and things like that. <laughs> and so I've, I, I've prepared a couple sort of questions uh, to follow up because I know this is one of your areas of, of expertise and passion. And in any situation, when I'm talking about employee engagement, I really like to start off with discussing the difference between engagement and satisfaction it's kind of like the first pillar of understanding the concept so i'm sure you've been asked this question before but what is the difference between employee engagement and employee satisfaction is there a difference uh from my research i could not see any difference the only thing they are only a connected dot under one umbrella so what Hmm. i mean is for example if you ask someone are your employees engaged the second question, are they satisfied? Are, what is their experience? Are they happy? Are they satisfied? Are they are not happy? It's the same thing when you say, you ask the question is, are your employees engaged? Uh, what are their level of the engagement? Are they engaged, disengaged, actively disengaged? So at the end of the day, it's not like totally different pillar, pillar for, right. or, uh, for human resources or at least managing a team or uh, I could say boost the productivity of the team, but it is another measurement uh, layer for the engagement factor. But but keep something in mind. A lot of people think, mm. okay, let's jump to the satisfaction or happiness. But at the end of the day, when they come to the engagement factors and they said, uh, okay, how do we make them happy? And we said, no, you don't make them happy. You need to motivate them to make them happy. What, what are the motivation engine behind it that makes a big difference so i'm totally against uh, i know i know and unfortunately there's a, there are a lot of people are using the happiness word they use the satisfaction word they start using employee experience word look all these i totally respect it it's only under under one umbrella but there's the core the core that we need to solve you know if you have a car for example let me say whatever whatever the car is rolls royce bm mercedes whatever regardless what you do in the exterior 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 part if your interior and if your engine is broken whatever you do is worthless yeah that's a really good example i couldn't agree more and and you people know me too it's I'm often, uh, I'll get into that discussion too about the choice of words. And we did a podcast a while back about, you know, HR, human capital, personnel, people operations. At the end of the day, it really doesn't matter the title. It's about what you're doing. But 
in order to try and have constructive communication, especially when you say, I'm a professional, you know, whatever your profession is, you should be speaking the same language. And so to your point, I, I couldn't agree more. And I was disappointed, you know, when this wave, disappointed is not the right starting point, hear me out, when the wave of the issue of employee happiness came through, because, you know, it, it doesn't get, like you say, to the root. And you, you could ask someone who has a bad addiction, you know, and it could be an addiction to food, it could be an addiction to other vices. And, you know, you say, well, you haven't had your addiction lately. How can I make you happy? It's like, give me more of my addiction. Well, that's not necessarily a good thing, right? So the engagement is, is, a, is a deeper construct and it gets more like you described to the root. And I haven't seen anything sort of go to the next level after engagement, but, um, and sometimes people try and create new words to, you know, create something that really isn't new, but Fancy. let's, let's, Let's drill down a bit more in terms of misconceptions when it comes to employee engagement. And, and to be honest, I actually prefer the words workforce engagement because employee engagement means, seems to imply that, that your focus is really on just people who have a legal contract with you as an employee. But increasingly, your resource of, of human capital includes people who aren't necessarily employees. So when I... I try and advance the discussion and be more inclusive by using terms like workforce engagement. But let's be honest, you know, at this point in time, employee engagement is the most commonly understood terminology. So what are some of the misconceptions around this besides from what I just described? There are many, many misunderstandings. Yeah, misconceptions. let's dive in. Let's do it. Uh, okay. Number one, uh, and it's a great a great point to start with which you already mentioned it's it's about mm. the whole environment including the employee line manager and the culture itself that's mm -hmm. why it's better to call it workforce and instead of calling it employee because from a psychology right. point of view once we call it employee engagement people think oh okay so the employee you're taking care of the employee so we don't have right. rights you're trying to be in their side we instead of business side all these blah 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 stuff it's not about the right. employee. Keep something in mind. Even the stakeholders are employees. Even the line managers are employees. So true. Even the CEO so is an employee. So when, yeah. we, when we call employee, we don't mean the basic level, entry-level employees. And I don't know why or the why is, is that when, when we say, okay, how is your employees? Immediately from a psychology point of view, we, we come up with entry-level employees. We don't think about yeah, line right. manager. So, or CEO, you know, the CEO is an employee. And, and, and yeah, we, we tend to, you know, the old term that was used to describe employee was staff. It's a really antiquated term like personnel. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, the starting point to getting the concept right is really defining the full context of what you mean. So I think we'll still be using the word employee engagement for a while, but the preferred terminology from my side supporting what you're saying is workforce too. What are some of the other misconceptions? Uh, number two for me is everyone thinks money will engage people. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. the thing, which is, yeah. I don't want anyone to misunderstand me, but yeah, many, uh, money is important. Financial aspects are very important from a different way. It's a need for us to pay our rent, to buy a car, to eat, to drive, to, to have fun, whatever we want to do it. But but there are a lot of incident people are leaving organization because of the culture, because of the line manager, 
because of the nature of work, because of the communication style, because of there is no career growth and etc. So if that employee, whoever left their organization, sometimes sometimes it, they left just for the same compensation. They might left only for 10% of the compensation. If that person left just because of the money or left at the same level of the money, and I had an incident where people are going to a lower compensation comparing what they used to have. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and, and if that's the case, then there is a big uh, like question mark. So is it so money? Not everything in this case. And and this is what's a big deal. Uh, everyone says let's give them a bonus. Let's give them money. No, it's not the main aspects. And and as as based on my masterclass that I do, which has been uh, it's, it's, it's with a collaboration with different psychometric psychology uh, center assessment, there are thirty three factors of engagement. Now, financial could be one of the main things, but also it could not be only the main things. It could be some of extras. So, mm -hmm. so this is the second misperception that, uh, yeah, money is everything or money is the main motivation, motivator. No, it's not. I think it's people, when they put money as number one, it, it, it's just kind of like the, what seems to be a, the easy solution, right? It's so easy to say, it's so easy to feel, it's so easy to define. And as you said so well, money's important, but any research that I've seen that I give credibility to, money is usually in the top five, but it's very seldom number one or two. You know, it's other factors like you described, culture, your manager, opportunity. And it's such an excellent example you gave that people will actually move to organizations for less compensation if there's something else more valuable to them. So any other misperceptions, conceptions? Yeah. Um, one of the things is about tools. Um, mm, please. Yeah. And, and, and I would like to say um, to my fellows, uh, whoever is selling or providing the employee engagement tools, I'm, I'm not <laughs> against your tools. I'm against what this tool has to do or what is the next or third step of the tool. You know, every, yeah. every time we need tools at the end of the day, you know, you go to the doctor, you, they have tools for you to measure these things. But if, if these tools don't know what to measure exactly, so what is the use? Oh, yeah. and, and especially when some of the tools that I figured out are, are measuring the wrong aspects or sometimes are not measuring the complete aspects. Now, let me tell you something. There are some tools are only uh, dedicated to measure the engagement in terms of well-being. Okay, mm. I am in a good health. I wake up maybe 5 a.m. I do my exercise. I go to office 8 mm. o'clock, so I'm good. And I'm, I don't have any stress, but my, my main disengagement factor is I don't see any growth in this organization. So how mm -hmm, do tools mm -hmm. help me in well-being? You know? So with my full due of respect to a lot of tools, uh, my main thing is what are the main motivators? So we have tools, we have money, and then we have misunderstanding about the terminology. So these are the main three points that, that I'm, I'm, uh, I'm my main misperception comes to my mind. Sure, sure. And you, you know, you remind me of this expression. I don't know if you've heard it before. I think it comes from finance and accounting. Giggle. Have you heard of that? Giggle? Yeah, giggle. The acronym, gar 
garbage in, garbage out. And, and I think that's sort of what you're describing is that, you know, if you're measuring the wrong things, you're going to get the wrong uh, outcome, the wrong measure, and then you may actually start to focus on the wrong things. So, um, so you've been talking about the roles of tools in engagement. Are there any other roles that we should be aware of? Uh, I think that's what came in my mind. So we have okay. the financial aspect, which is the factors, the tools, and the terminologies we use from workforce and employees. And that's are the main uh, things usually come up is coming within my mind itself. How about how about organizations or companies? When in your experience, you know, and again, with we don't need to name names. It's it's not necessarily constructive, but. When organizations are not successful in engaging their workforce, are there some common themes that you've you've come across in your in your training and your experience? Many. Uh, when the companies fail, you know they've they've many many companies fail. To be honest with you, who succeed in only maybe ten twenty percent, in my point of view, or based on my experience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, why people? Uh, fail is sometimes what happens is you find the buy-in from the stakeholders mm. execution is wrong or it's not being done by the mid-level or is yeah, yeah, wrongly yeah. which yeah. by default it will impact uh the, the, the workforce or whoever is working there so what, the main thing is even if you got trained on on the employee engagement factors or whatever tools or whatever training you got about employee engagement keep something in mind that your employees has uh, has also not the technical side from each work they have the mm -hmm. skills and the behavior and the competency side that they have to develop and mm -hmm. these are one of the main i think uh, misunderstanding with a lot of companies that they focus on the technical knowledge and practices and experience and they forgot the part that they have to develop their skills competencies behavioral elements so what we're talking what we try to mention here is for you you don't need sometimes the tools to be an effective leader you only need to have good or at least great communication style Mm -hmm. One of the things, yeah, you, you could so also important. you could also have a leadership personality, and instead of being just a boss, you don't need the tool for people to follow. You could just by your good words and good behavior and good practices, or lead by example. That's enough for people to follow you, and then you will have a high level of engagement. Uh, you don't you don't need to have an external consultant, for example, for for them to come and hear your employees and give you a feedback about their employees. So then how about you having good uh, good listening skills? You got me? So the main theme, theme is, is, is a lot of people are focusing on the practical uh, or technical elements. They are not focusing on the soft skills or soft competencies. Yeah, that's such, and, and you know, I think that, the principle of what you're describing endures you know we're we're in this covid period prior to that you know everything that you've described is is valid pre and post covid but i think and i don't want to go too far off topic i you know i've got one more question i want to ask you but is it's like when we look at what's happening in terms of leadership you know the type of person who was a successful leader in the traditional pre covid world are they the successful type of leader today right now or has the environmental factors changed so much 
And I would argue that when we look back at this period, we're going to see a fundamental change in what organizations need and look for in leadership. Yet, because we're in it right now, we're still sort of struggling through that. And a lot of it relates to, like you say, how the leaders engage with their workforce, you know. And, and so my, my final question for you, and, and it, it kind of goes to the opposite end of the spectrum. We talk about how to engage and get people involved and the factors that do that. But what about that category of the member of the workforce that they often call the disengaged employee? You know, I get engagement, I get satisfaction, I get happiness, but what, I guess maybe the place to start is what are we talking about when we say a disengaged employee? What does that mean? Uh, there is no specific international standard or even uh, even a practical standard for the word to disengage or actively disengage or engage. Mm -hmm. But what what I did from my point of view, uh, if, if people want to consider it my own philosophy, but this is what I totally believe in and, and it seems practical for me or realistic. Uh, the employee have a, has a, the employee has a benefit of X, Y, Z, amount or features or whatever we want to call it benefit if it's be right. and and the same benefit is being provided by the employee themselves uh, by the company itself so the company provide xyz of benefits and it's been utilized 100% by the employee so then so they give 100 and these guys they pull 100 so the net is zero so what does it mean is you have you have a baseline which is i called it zero this zero, mm -hmm. the, the organization provide these benefits, features, uh, whatever we want to call the compensation, bonuses, all these benefits. And then if it's been utilized in full, okay, without extras, then at the end of the day, so it's a zero base. We called it a zero, I called it a zero baseline. These people, mm -hmm. once you have the zero baseline, you have people who are not utilizing the full feature or full benefits of the company, and you have a you have a people who are excessively using or uh, using a lot of access in terms of the benefits. So what's the what's the difference between them? Not all the cases, but majority of the cases, you see people who are canceling their sick leaves or trying to sacrifice their illness and they come to work or trying to work from home. Sometimes people mm -hmm. are, are work-life balance or sometimes people are very flexible and teamwork oriented where the, sometimes they have to cancel their leave to come up or sometimes they have to stay late and so on. You have people who are being requested to provide a sales target of $1 million and they're giving $1.52 million. So there are a lot of people who are providing between 100 to 120 or maybe 150 of performance, okay? Or they're also maybe helping somehow and not utilizing the 100% the, the, the benefits and the expenses provided to them. So they are basically in a plus sign. The mm -hmm. other side where people are not providing the necessary, uh, they are not engaging in terms of they are not uh, meeting the targets. They are trying to always access their benefits. They're always trying to misuse their benefit. Um, mm -hmm. There are a lot of things. So in my point of view, the baseline, if you achieve, for example, up to 90% of performance and utilization and everything related to um, your benefits and your achievement of target and pro productivity, I call this one disengage. 
mm-hmm. and and whoever is giving more without without getting back or or, or without uh, earning back something or requesting anything in return this is usually i call them engage because they love their work so by default they give more and, and you used an expression earlier sorry to interrupt but yeah. you talked about actively disengaged what is what does that mean actively disengage people who are so smart that they are able <laughs> uh, not, not a smart in a good way they're smart in a bad way which is <laughs> they are trying they they are so smart where they they did the minimum required performance and mm. still they are uh, working in the organization they utilize mm-hmm. everything uh, you know like for example they utilize all the benefits uh, they have all the rights to do everything blah blah etc they utilize it even though they don't need it but still they utilize it it's part of their rights or benefits and 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 they are not giving you the hundred percent of performance they're always going into the minimum requirement like for example obviously um, if if you bring for example if you're if you're requested to bring one million dollar of sales uh, if you brought 950 i don't think you will get a warning for that or most of the organization mm-hmm. you know? mm-hmm. so so sometimes yeah. people they play around with certain performance productivity feature benefit utilization and and so on so these are negative impact uh, on the organization itself because what i believe is the maximum that they can provide overall as a benefit cost is is mm-hmm. 25% so they are short by somehow 25% from total 100% from all the benefits and and from in total who are who disengage employee in general disengage and actively disengage they cost the company around 30 to 35% uh, cost and uh, in, in, in cost i mean it sounds like the way you describe actively disengage it's almost like the person is is looking out for their own benefit at the expense of the organization so they're they're in terms of teamwork they're the type of team player that says if i if i win the rest of the team has to lose like there's it's sort of like that idea of the fixed mindset and and when you're working with a team in an organization and you have a fixed mindset and you're actively disengaged, you're trying to funnel things to your benefit at the expense of others in the other organization. So yeah, that's a good point. So we're sort of coming to you know our, our time on today's podcast. So I wanted to give you a chance. Are there any final thoughts you wanna to share to the audience in terms of maybe uh, you know the future of engagement or other insight that you feel would be valuable for our listeners to know? Yeah, um, there are a couple of things. It's not a marketing thing that I want to do. I always like people to forget my tool. Uh, always try to figure out what you motivates your workforce, what motivates mm-hmm. your employees. Have a discussion with them. Have one-to-one. Mm-hmm. Have an open heart and open mind with them. So discuss, see what's going on. And don't only figure out what is in front of you. Always dig deeper to see. Like I want to give a final thought. For example, when I was managing Gital, uh, one of the HR functions, we mm. do have a lot of resignation in terms of certain areas or operation side. And mm-hmm. then I instructed the team that no one resigns, no no documentation or resignation letter to be processed without my final approval. 
So what mm-hmm. happens is with every resignation in that area, mm-hmm. I have to meet them. Beside I'm meeting everyone, but I also have to meet everyone who resigns in that category. So when I, when I have a resignation with the majority of them, they said personal reasons. But dig more, what is behind the personal reasons? When, when we dig more and more and more, we figure out a lot of things that help us to come up with a lot of strategies, with a lot of initiatives, mm-hmm. with a lot of fixing. It's also mm-hmm. us to prevent X number of maybe 30, 36% of uh, expected uh, high turnover, for example. So we have to reduce it to 19% somehow, which is great. Mm-hmm. Having that kind of conversation, having that open-minded, open heart, uh, having kind of this kind of human interaction, you don't need the tool to measure it to you. If you are a human, you can manage a conversation. If you can manage a discussion very well and you lead by example, then you are the good thing. But sometimes you will tell me, okay, I have a thousand people. I said, okay, so at least you are, your foundation is strong. You have great leadership character. You have good listening skills. You have good communication skills. So you know what to do. So then let's bring a tool that will go do us a group of 1,000 tool uh, measurement. Then I could see fine. Having that tool without having your foundation strong, it's totally useless. I think that's a brilliant summary. And, and I'll tell you why I, I, I agree with you so much on that. It's because I've often felt that if someone works in HR or they're the leader of the HR function and they don't have a good instinct as to where the culture is, then they're not doing their job. And an instinct, that shouldn't mean that you guess. It means that you're immersing yourself in your own organization. It's not that you're watching what people are doing from a dashboard on your computer or other KPIs or other things like that. It means that you're interacting with your workforce. You're talking to people on the front lines, whatever your business may be. So I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And maybe there's a topic in here for another podcast in terms of things like, you know, elaborating on some of the tools, like an exit interview, maybe we can do that. But we're kind of at our time limit for today, Fahad. I want to thank you for your insights today. And uh, I'm sure, you know, we, I, I think all of the topics we'll cover in our podcast will overlap in different ways and we may come back to with different areas. I want to encourage anyone who's listening to make your network, your community aware of the HR Learning podcast and the HR Learning project and remind you again of our, our slogan for this. Tune in, skill up, pay forward. Until next time. From Dubai, wish you a great day. And thank you again, Fahad. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Cheers.